When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life, from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's begin. Hey, everyone. This is Stefan James from Project Life Mastery. Today, I'm being joined by my good friend, Ryan Quasson. Today, we're going to talk about the perfect lifestyle business. Now, Ryan is a very successful internet entrepreneur. He's built many online businesses and e-commerce, selling on Amazon, affiliate marketing, selling courses online. He's been at this for a long, long time. So he's had a lot of success with that, but he's also a very successful investor and trader, someone that I've learned a lot from. And based on Ryan's experience and knowledge, we're going to talk about out of everything that he's done, what he believes to be the perfect lifestyle business. Because one of the goals I think we all have in making money, whether it's through our business, investments, our job, is we want to create an amazing lifestyle. And Ryan is one of those people that I look up to in this area because he really lives the laptop lifestyle. He travels all over the world, doesn't spend that much time working. Um, He's always out in nature, having a good time. And I think that's what we all aspire to. So Ryan, thank you for being here. Looking forward to sharing with my audience a little bit about your uh, story and then also what the perfect lifestyle business is. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So do you mind sharing with people what you believe to be the perfect lifestyle business uh, out of everything that you've done? What have you concluded over the years that you spent being an entrepreneur? You know, like you said, I've been at this for a long time. You know, I got my start uh, when I was about 18 or 17 years old, actually, but really started in business at 18. And, you know, back then, this was sort of really pre, you know, Snapchat, pre Facebook, pre YouTube, the, the world was a lot different. And honestly, it was a lot more challenging to build a successful business back then in many ways in that we didn't have as many opportunities available to us. Nowadays, there's so many things that you could be, you know, back in the early 2000s, being an influencer didn't even exist, right? So, you know, it was interesting when I got my start, I was this incredibly introverted person. I'm still 
quite the introvert. I prefer to kind of be out in nature, as you mentioned, and, and, and do my own thing versus being in the crowds and stuff like that. And as I started to do this research, I was doing it at Borders Bookstore. You know, I was doing it at the library and people were talking about writing a book, uh, you know, becoming a speaker, you know, buying investment properties or, you know, multifamily homes and all these sorts of things. And all of this sound incredibly daunting to me. You know, um, there was people talking about creating a, a business online back then when I looked into it, you know, again, this is the early 2000s. It's, you, it seems like you needed to be a technological genius to code all of these web pages and do all this stuff that I had no clue how to do. Honestly, I didn't even know at the time how to type on a regular computer. I had to take a typing class my senior year of high school so that I could actually learn how to do that, which is sort of embarrassing considering how I make my living these days. But nonetheless, I started to really dig in and, and my ears started to perk up when I heard about the stock market, you know, and at the time, I knew really nothing about the stock market. All I knew is what I had seen in movies like Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, you know, which kind of seemed like this crazy foreign land where people were throwing up all kinds of hand signals and passing out on the trading floors. And, you know, as a young kid, I went to a private um, Lutheran school and we did a field trip one time to the Chicago Board of Exchange and we went downtown and saw you know, the Fed and all these different things and those were my real exposures to the stock market. It wasn't as if my parents were talking about it or anything like that. And so this foreign land seemed sort of intriguing to me but it also seemed as if it was something that could be really challenging for me because I wasn't very knowledgeable in sort of finance or these numbers or and didn't have anyone to kind of rely on. But then I started to hear someone talk about this little tiny kind of corner of the stock market relating to stock options. And it immediately started to pique my interest. And the way that he explained it, you know, this was an older gentleman that lived in kind of the mountains of Utah, which kind of had this connection, you know, with my adventurous spirit. And he started to talk about how you didn't have to have employees you didn't have any overhead. You didn't have an office. You weren't out there like shipping out products. You didn't have to create anything. Um, for me, a huge thing was you didn't have to talk to anybody, right? Like I just had to sit there with my parents, you know, dial up computer, right? I didn't have to actually talk to people uh, or I didn't have to have like any credibility, right? I didn't have to be, you know, I thought the idea of like going to a closing to try and buy a 10 unit apartment building or something as a you know 17 year old, 18 year old seemed kind of ludicrous. Here I could be doing the business online and I didn't have to do anything about it um, as far as like an authority credibility standpoint. I could do it at home. And all these boxes started to get checked in my brain that was like, okay, that makes sense, that makes sense, that makes sense, that makes sense. And I think as the first business that I was starting, like that became like the perfect business for me, right? It met all the criteria that it's like, I could actually do this. And I think when someone's especially just getting started, it's so important to be able to have those boxes checked because if you go into it, believing you can actually do it versus like, oh, this is gonna be impossible because I can't do this or I can't do that, I can't do that. Yeah, those might be some limiting beliefs and things like that, but as a teenager, this seemed like this is doable. 
you know, this is perfect for me and what I'm wanting. That's awesome. Now, I know a lot of people might think that investing in the stock market or trading is too risky or that you need a lot of money to invest to make money. Do you mind talking about that a bit, but also what stock options are? A lot of people might not be familiar with stock options and how that works and what your strategy is around that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, basically, when you look at the stock market, there are tons of different ways you can do anything, you know, and there's all these hedge fund managers, there's all these um, corporate structures and businesses that are designed to sort of sell you services or manage your money. And at the end of the day, many people will tell you this flat out that they make it confusing and complicated so that you just sort of think that you can't do it. And they want that to be the case so that you just basically hand over your money and they collect fees, right? Now there's it's also nothing sometimes wrong with using a fund to have your money managed, you know, depending what you're doing. Um, not everyone is designed to sort of like manage their own money. But at the end of the day, um, it starts to breed this different sort of mentality of where it's almost like this us versus them. And that's where oftentimes people believe that, oh, Wall Street is horrible. They're taking advantage of people and they're doing all these sorts of things. And, you know, I'm not saying that they're not because there's certain times that they have done that. And there's plenty of documentaries that talk all about those, you know, crazy times and, and, and scary facts. What you need to also understand, though, is that when you're looking at the market, I chose a very sort of narrow sector of what I wanted to focus on. There's an author. Um, he wrote a book, a series of books, first called Market Wizards and then the next Market Wizards and the unknown Market Wizards. And these books basically profile all these incredibly successful investors. Some of them are currency traders. Some of them are, you know, um, bond traders, a wide variety. And the premise is that all of these people have done a myriad of different things to make gargantuan amounts of money in the stock market. And the unknown market wizards is about people that you would never have heard about and folks that, you know, maybe made hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's what's so cool. And so I say that because to give you context, just because I do something one way doesn't mean it's right for someone else. Um, and just because someone else does something one way doesn't mean it's right for me. And so when I started to figure out that stock options are something that you could use as an instrument to kind of create uh, leverage in a safe way, I became very intrigued. So the way that it works is when you buy a stock, say I was interested in buying, um, I don't know, like, you know, Becton Dixon or something like that. This is a company trades about, you know, $240 a share right now. And um, if I wanted to buy a hundred shares, you know, I've got to spend a fairly significant amount of money. I've got to spend $24,000. Well, instead of maybe buying those shares, if I think it's going to go up, I might buy a call option, which gives me the right, but not the obligation to buy those shares at a certain price. And I can choose that price ahead of time. And what's, what's great is you're going to pay far less money. Oftentimes, 5% or 10% depending on the, the price of the stock and what kind of how much it usually moves like Tesla is a very volatile stock so you'll pay a little bit of an extra premium you pay this small premium to now have the ability to sort of control those shares but you don't have the obligation to buy them 
And what that basically allows you to do is it allows you to maybe buy companies like Amazon or buy companies, you know, like um, Apple or Tesla or something like this that you think are going to go up, but you can get some magnified leverage. And the interesting way that I use these, Stefan, is that I don't ever want to usually, when I'm buying an option here, I don't ever want to actually exercise it. All I'm doing is I'm hoping that premium goes up and then I resell it just like somebody would hope the stock goes up and then maybe they would sell it. Well, with an option, everything becomes magnified. So maybe the stock would move a dollar. If the stock is 240 bucks, you're making like the tiniest, tiniest of percentage. But your option, if the stock moved a dollar, might go up 10%, right? And so there's been instances where every penny a stock moved, I would make hundreds of dollars one time. And so, and it wasn't because I owned all of these shares, it's because of the way my option was working. So often you can start with really small amounts of money and generate some real significant ROIs. Now, a word of caution, folks here, and it sort of gets perpetuated that, well, options are risky and they can be incredibly risky. Why? Well, because options expire, right? You choose an end date and the lay person, again, Wall Street has sort of designed it to be this way. The lay person often lets their options expire worthless. So I basically have never let an option expire because I have a rule. And again, I've been doing this for, you know, I started almost 20 years ago. I'm still doing this today. I entered two actual trades myself today um, at the time of this recording. And, you know, um, what, what's sort of fascinating is that by creating this rule of always getting out, I personally always exit my trades 30 days before that expiration, I don't ever have to worry about this. So I dramatically reduce the risk. And there's some other things that that does as well, but we don't get into the, don't need to get into the tiny little nuance there. Does that, does that make sense though? It does. And I, I think for some people that are just brand new to this world of investing, I know there's some language and terminology that at first it takes a while to learn, but once you, once you get into it, and you understand it, then, then the strategies behind it make a lot of sense. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about this strategy because you really have uh, two different philosophies and strategies. And I'm more of a long-term investor, buy and hold. Uh, I subscribe to the strategy and the mindset of people like Warren Buffett and those kind of investors. And I think that's an important strategy and mindset to have. Um, but you, all, you kind of subscribe to both. And I want to talk about both of those because... Um, I think the long-term strategy is a crucial one to have, but also what you've learned is that by doing day trading and trading options, you can make a lot of money in the short term to help fund that long-term strategy. So I want to dive into that a little bit, and I do want to mention before we go a little bit further, we're going to be doing a more in-depth uh, training with Ryan for those of you that are interested here in diving more into the strategy and, and learning directly from him. Uh, he's actually got a course called the PB code, the perfect business code, which I've gone through. A lot of my audience asks me about different courses and opportunities like that. And so we're going to do a training that I'll link to below in this description. Or if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you go to www.projectlifemastery.com slash PB code, you can go over and register for the upcoming training. So 
going into the, I guess, the two different strategies, um, let's first dive into the trading options. How much money would you say it takes for someone to start with that? And how much time would you say that you spend doing this? And, and what kind of money are you typically making? Is it, you know, you're making money every day? Is it like a weekly basis? Um, what does that kind of look like for those that are looking at a, that as a, an opportunity for them? Yeah, so before we get into it, if you don't mind, I would just like to preface this because you mentioned again the two different ways of investing. I think it's super important. The way that I look at it is like over here we have our business, our you know career, vocation, job, whatever it might be that generates a paycheck or profit. No matter what, a portion of that should always be invested for the long term. And because at the end of the day, that's how you're really going to become wealthy. Now, there's a lot of movements out there like fire that will say like, hey, you make 80 grand, live on 30, invest the rest. I've always been more about playing offense than defense. So if I made 80 grand, I'd want to make 800,000 and invest 720 or, you know, whatever after tax, you know, right? Um, so when we think about what we make in our business or our, our career, I want people to realize that no matter what, you should be kind of putting some of that aside. The same holds true here with short-term investing and kind of what you're talking about. And the way that I look at that is like my short-term investments. And because I have other businesses and other assets that generate income for me, I don't need to live on any of my actual money that I make from trading. So I just simply reinvest that into long-term investments. Um, so to sort of go back to this, when we look at how much you need to get started, it's going to depend. Everyone starts somewhere. Um, for my folks that come to me that have, you know, millions and millions of dollars and say, Hey, I want to start trading options. The most I'd ever tell them to start with is $10,000 because I want them to kind of get their feet wet and understand what's going on before they start throwing money around and make some crazy mistakes, right? Because you gotta know how to uh, walk before you can run. Yeah, or even paper trading, I know you talk about in your course too, is a good thing to start with before you invest money. Always, always recommend people practice. You know, it's like ground school, right? You're not jumping out of an airplane skydiving by yourself on day one, right? You gotta learn the ground school. Um, so. Once you sort of get that stuff figured out, um, now for me, Stefan, when I got started, I was young, right? I was, um, you know, working at Dairy Queen, teaching swim lessons. I was a lifeguard, you know, I was still in high school when I learned about this business model. So, I mean, it took me over a month to just put together a thousand dollars. And that's what I started with. And one of the great things about trading options is that you don't need that much money to actually get started because you're you're not buying the outright stock you're buying an option on it you can actually get started for quite a bit less and i was doing trades you know three four hundred bucks at a time um and you know fortunately i took to it like a fish you know to water and within my first 90 days you know i tripled my money i made three x um, so, you know, I had a really, really good start with it and I just sort of used that to grow my business. You know, now today, uh, obviously things are a lot different. You know, this is almost 20 years later, but I say that again, so people understand like, you know, you can get started for a small amount of money. Um, now 
I've had, uh, you know, there's a retired music teacher that I helped and actually did some, um, some kind of personal help with because he was struggling with trying to get some things just to click. And he took a little over a thousand bucks and in his first year ended up making almost a hundred thousand dollars in profit. Um, he was, you know, reinvesting into his trading. And of course, you know, I'm not saying that someone's going to go out there and make a ton of money. Um, you know, everyone's results are going to be different. One of the things I've noticed though, is more and more people are getting interested in the stock market. Uh, there's with the, you know, high adoption of certain trading platforms and apps, it's become more readily available. And one thing that I would sort of caution is a lot of my friends, you know, uh, even folks like, like, like yourself, um, often think I day trade, you know, and I'm not sitting here day trading, um, looking at 10 different screens or something like that. I've got my laptop, you know, and I just got an external monitor that, that hasn't even arrived yet, but I'm just kind of spending a very small amount of time doing this because the way that I set up my trading business, Stefan, it's not about day trading where I have a day trading friend that lives up in uh, Vancouver and we talk about trading sometimes and what he does is so different than what I do. But some days he makes five, 600 trades in a day, right? And he's trying to eke out just tiny little bits of profit on these trades. For me, I don't even make near that many trades in a year. I might make, you know, three trades in a month, 10 trades in a month, 15, you know, it just depends on the given month. But it's something that I've created so that I could spend, you know, a few hours a week. For me, it's about five hours a week or so managing that business and generate a pretty amazing ROI on the money that I have in my trading account and still have plenty of time to do the other things that I want to do in my life. Got it. And with a lot of the, uh, the options and things like that, the trading that you're doing, is it mainly blue chip companies, companies that have a lot of liquidity, uh, a lot of trading volume on a daily basis? And if so, is this more for people that would be in the United States, you know, trading uh, on the NASDAQ or, or uh, New York Stock Exchange versus maybe if you're in Canada or maybe in Europe or other markets, is there still the same strategy that can be applied of what you're talking about? Yeah, so everything is based off of principles. So all of these principles completely stand the test of time. Um, they, they work in a variety of markets. I've used them to even look and evaluate things like cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Ethereum and stuff like that when I look at their charts. Um, as far as trading other markets, I've never traded other markets using the strategies I have helped. Uh, I mean, there's option traders all over the world. You know, um, I have students that live all over the world that all trade the U S market. Um, but when we're looking for companies to trade, this is a great important point because I don't just trade any old company, right? I have a process that you know, I've been doing for now for almost 20 years about filtering and finding good candidates to actually trade. And when I say good candidates, what I mean is a fundamentally strong company. So I want that company to have certain earnings per share or higher. I want it to have 
you know, um, certain stock price. Of course, it needs to be optionable, but it ha I have this long list of technical criteria and I'm constantly, you know, pruning uh, the market on a weekly basis to find those companies. And fortunately for me, with the help of some handy tools, it only takes me about an hour a week to be able to do that. But these help me to create my own personal watch list. And I consider my watch list like my winning team. You know, sometimes I've got starters, I got people on the bench that get pulled up. Sometimes I'm pulling up people from the miners, you know, but all of these companies are incredibly strong fundamental companies. So oftentimes there are companies like McDonald's, Apple, Procter and Gamble. I've done trades with Tesla, I've done trades with Alibaba. Um, a lot of companies people would know about. And sometimes it might be a less, you know, a really strong company that you might not have heard of um, as well, because obviously, there are lots of really, really strong companies that own, a, like Procter & Gamble owns all these small companies that people would recognize more uh, readily. Got it. And then what's the long-term long strategy? So um, you mind talking a little bit about that and just how, how the two work together? You're doing uh, more the short-term strategy to make your profit, to make your money, and then what percent would you say that you're investing to build up the long-term portfolio? Yeah, so I basically have a process of if I want to keep my short-term trading account at a certain number and then I kind of do a sweep, everything over that just gets swept into my long-term investing. So I have separate accounts. And for many people, I think that this is really the best strategy to have like an isolated, you know, uh, short-term account and a isolated long-term investing account. Obviously, um, if you have a retirement account, certain retirement accounts, you can actually trade options in. Um, when you're getting started, I don't really advise that. But um, what I basically do is I have this number that I always kind of want to keep in my trading account. So I have that readily available and everything else, you know, those profits on top of that get moved over on a monthly basis for my long-term investing. Now, depending on which long-term investing account I'm thinking about investing with, I have different strategies. So my general retirement account as a, you know, self-employed entrepreneur, I can, you know, have a solo 401k and it allows me to contribute a far more significant amount of money personally, as well as matched by my company. So that amount, you know, at the time of this recording is $57,500 per year that can be contributed between the company and individual. That that one I'm I'm investing in index funds. I'm investing in you know specific asset classes to give it like a strong portfolio for the long term. You know target date funds, emerging market ETFs, just things that I believe are going to go up over the long term, and I don't need to really think about for the next 40 years, right? Um, then I have like kind of my sweep account, which is my larger long term investment account. And I do a lot of different things in there. I'll buy dividend investing stocks. I think about, you know, um, when I'm, you know, what I would call sort of like a um, skim trade where I'm trying to like skim profits off something where, you know, I believe something's super undervalued. Uh, in the last 12 months, there has been so much opportunity where uh, certain industries have taken a big hit and struggled to rebound while others really climbed. And now a lot of those companies, 
you know, are really starting to, to kind of rebound now. Um, so even in my long-term account, I'm a little bit more active. Um, but I have, at the end of the day, for me, it all kind of circles back to like an asset allocation, right? So if I look at all of my investable assets, what I'm trading with in a short-term standpoint, it's usually less than 10% of my investable assets, right? Depending on how things are fluctuating and my profits, it might be slightly higher, um, but around that mark. And so then I think about, well, how do I want to protect myself, you know, over the long term and invest? And I take, you know, small portions and put it into things like cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And I've been doing that for a long time, uh, gold and silver and, you know, again, dividend paying stocks. Because at the when I retire, not that I ever will retire in, in the traditional capacity, but when I start maybe taking money out of my investment accounts, I think, you know, especially given the times that we've been living in lately, it's been very clear that the idea of trying to draw like 4% out of your account every year is flawed, in my opinion. Um, other people are going to disagree, but I really believe that's uh, a flawed concept. If you can build, say, a dividend portfolio where you're actually generating cash off of those investments, and even when something drops, like AT&T recently got down below 27 bucks, and yet it was paying almost 8% yield. You know, the ROI that you could get, it's hard to get 8% on your bank account, you know, that's for sure. Um, so I love dividend stocks. I love value companies. Uh, I like things that are boring, you know, and can be easily run and managed and, and things that I understand. Um, I think it's so important to, whatever you do from a long-term standpoint, understand it. And even if you started with a simple, if you're totally new and you qualify for something like a Roth IRA, man, just starting there, you know, maxing that thing out, I, you know, I don't qualify for those, but I think the current max is like about 6,500 bucks a year or something like that if you're single. And just putting it in like a target date fund. You know, Vanguard is a wonderful company. You can read some amazing books by, you know, John Bogle and who's the founder of Vanguard, recently passed away. But, um, you know, you can put these things in target date fund and they sort of manage things for you as you get closer towards retirement. It's going to shift things around to be more um, more bond focused or le just less risk, you know, for you. Yeah, you know, I 100 percent agree with that, because I think everybody here needs to have that long term strategy at the very minimum, whether you're going to have a job, a business or doing trading. You got to be thinking long term and depending on your age and risk threshold, you might allocate your money a little bit differently. But for me, my goal has always been um, to, with the money that I do make in my business uh, to invest that for the long term and to build up that nest egg to a point where just the dividends from that, the income of what that produces, I can live off of that. And I always look at that as the ultimate level of freedom because with a any business, you're going to have to manage it or hire someone to manage it, but you also need someone to grow it. And what I've seen with the world of the internet is changing so fast. I mean, Amazon and Facebook and Google, all these companies are constantly changing and evolving. And if you're not evolving with it, then you're going to be left behind. And so I've learned that now being an internet entrepreneur for over 10 plus years. And I think that, you know, you need to have some sort of vehicle that can generate the cash flow, whether it is an online business or it's what you're doing, or maybe maybe some people here, they've got a really awesome job they love. Whatever that is, you've got to be thinking long-term and be investing your money, a certain percentage of it for the long-term 
And I look at things like ETFs, index funds, and, and certain blue chip companies that are way more safe and more, more stable being an investor in than me running my own internet business long term. So for me, that I think that's just such a key point for a lot of people here. And um, I, I think like whatever your vehicle is, you got to have that, but be smart with the money that you're, you're making and investing it for the long run. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I do as well, and I'll kind of comment about some of the other things that you mentioned here in a second, but um, I look, I take a small percentage of my portfolio and place what I would say are higher risk, higher reward bets. And these are things that I can make sort of an asymmetric bet. It's almost like the private equity model where they might invest in a hundred companies and they realize that half of them immediately are going to basically be worthless, you know, in a, in a year or two years. Uh, but there's going to be a couple Ubers in there. There's going to be a Google, you know, or something like that. And it's going to make it all worth it. Right. So I do a similar thing in that I place some of these asymmetric bets and sometimes it's with cryptocurrencies and that's worked out really well for me. Sometimes it's with, you know, um, looking for really beaten down, assets that people become no longer interested in, but I think there's still value in. For example, um, a few weeks before um, the election that just recently happened, um, I decided to buy some of the marijuana companies. And, you know, as there was more and more states getting things legalized and decriminalized, these started to take off. And I mean, some of them were up like 120% in a couple days, you know, and it was absolutely insane. And so I could take profits of those and I've had things go up, you know, over a thousand percent, over 2000% sometimes. And I can take those profits and then I can actually move them into more dividend stocks and I can still keep my basis to, to place more asymmetric bets, but I take the profit and I move it into the more long-term secure things because it's about for me generating that income. Now, the other thing that I do, and I don't want to get too complicated, but I do want to plant a little seed because people know about dividend paying stocks. People know about index funds. They often know about maybe target date funds. Um, they know about certain strategies that are kind of basic. But one of the other things that I do, and it's a very simple strategy, but it's also relating to options, is I use covered calls. And basically, covered calls is um, – instead of buying an option, which is what I often do in my short-term portfolio, here I'm doing what's called selling an option because I already own the shares, right? So I'm selling the option and to do it, I get paid a premium. And so, you know, in the last 12 months when the market was sort of going up and down, it's really incredibly, um, I don't want to say easy because it takes skill, but when you understand how to do it, you can often make really great premiums and you know ahead of time what you're going to get paid. And as a rule, just so people can get an idea, and this may sound like it's crazy because of what people expect to earn, but again, I'm not trading this with my entire account, it's a section of an account, but I, on average, can find opportunities to generate about 5% or oftentimes more every three to seven weeks which again if you start to really think about what that comes out to you know even if you're not compounding the money you could potentially make maybe 50 or 60 percent in a year and there's been some trades where i was trading covered calls where 
just on that one trade in a couple months, I made 60%, you know, this year. And so even when the markets can be turbulent, there's really amazing times to do that. And to our point before, we were talking about dividends, this, these premiums create income, right? Which is a fantastic uh, thing for you to be able to have in sort of your long-term account. Now, one of the things I wanted to mention is you talked about all the change that's going on with digital businesses. And, you know, again, that's part of the reason over my career, I've done so many different things because there's been these sort of uh, pockets of opportunity where you could, you know, I got in selling on Amazon very early. You know, I got in um, in doing sort of certain kinds of affiliate marketing with certain paid traffic channels early and was able to capitalize on that. Uh, but soon some of those windows became very harder to very hard to open or, um, you know, the opportunity was maybe closed altogether. Um, but with what I do as a short term investor and even as a long term investor, again, because these principles are evergreen, I'm basically doing the exact same thing that I did in 2003 as I'm doing today. And to me, that was like a huge check mark for kind of like the perfect business for me because I didn't have to worry about combating like the biggest thing that most people fear, which is change in their business, right? Facebook changes the algorithm and no longer you're getting, you're no longer getting organic, you know, traffic from your Facebook page. So you've got to buy ads and then they ban your account and then you go onto YouTube and then you have problems there, right? It's always, always evolving. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's the nature of the machine, but you have to understand that that's a very different type of business and lifestyle compared to what I'm doing. And that's another reason why I always encourage folks like, man, if you're running an e-commerce business or you're a YouTube influencer or whatever you're doing, you have a regular job, learning how to trade stock options or just invest for the long term and you know what I teach like or what you can go learn on your own and try on your own or read books about whatever you want to do that is a skill that could serve you for the next 10 years 20 years 30s 50 years you know a skill you could teach your kids your grandkids right it's like it's a true true evergreen skill and that's why you see some of the most successful investors they're they're old, you know, because they've been doing it for 50, 60, 70 years, right? And they've learned their style, their personality, right? How, you know, Bill Gates might invest is different than how Warren Buffett does or how Ray Dalio teaches it or, you know, how you know, Howard Marks or any of these big hedge funds, they all have their own style, right? And their own kind of personality. And, um, but they've all really defined that over a long period of time. For sure. And I think, you know, everybody needs to learn these skills. And I'm surprised how many entrepreneurs we both know that make a lot of money in their business, but they have no idea what to do with it. And they're really good at maybe marketing or really good at, you know, building a business or whatever it might be. But with the money that they make, they're clueless what to do with that. And as you said, this is a long term strategy and a long term skill set that will stand the test of time uh, that, that will just be hugely beneficial for everybody here. Um, I want to wrap up here soon, but you've got a course called the PB Code. Uh, I've been going through it, learning a lot. Uh, I've been more of a long-term investor, but I've been learning a lot about trading options and, and still getting a lot from the long-term strategies. I really love how you break everything down um, in a very simple and easy to understand way, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on my, my channel, my audience, because a lot of people are just getting started as beginners. 
Um, and I know we're doing a training together. So I did mention that earlier. I want to mention it again and maybe have you talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about on the training and maybe a little bit about your course. But for those of you that want to come uh, and want to learn more from Ryan, if you go to www.projectlifemastery.com slash PB code, I'll link that below as well. You can register for the training. Um, Ryan's going to host it, go deeper into his methods and his strategy. Uh, but Ryan, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about the PB code, why you created it and what people are going to learn when they show up for the training? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I created it sort of, I had gotten out of uh, selling physical products. You know, I had originally had a, you know, um, business partner. We had lived in Asia and we'd grown this big company and I sort of kind of got burnt out on that business model. And I was actually up in Vancouver, Canada, uh, one of my favorite places. And I was thinking about what I was going to do next. And, you know, I was still trading and, um, I sort of kind of just did a, uh, a small little poll to see if anybody would be interested in actually learning about this. Cause I didn't know like if someone would actually want to learn about how I was doing this. And the way that I look at markets is so different. Like I, I, I believe we all can easily understand the market, the stock market, because all it is is a story, right? When you're looking at charts and doing what someone might call technical analysis or fundamental analysis, Fundamental analysis is when you're analyzing like the numbers of the company, their earnings per share, all of that sort of stuff. Technical analysis is when you're using a chart to kind of give you indicators of what's happening in that chart. Well, to me, when I look at it, I just see a story and we all know stories. We've heard them growing up. We told them, you know, and so I started to, to kind of think, well, how could I teach someone who knew nothing about the stock market how to not only understand it, but how to profit from it, um, and especially in this little tiny corner of the stock market with options trading. And I realized that it was through understanding three primary stories. Now, the cool thing about these stories is they stand the test of time, like I said. They're the same stories that I've been you know, studying and, and using to profit myself since the early 2000s, and I've helped many other people do that as well. And you know, what's fascinating, Stefan, is that someone could use just one of the stories and just a handful of companies like Apple, Microsoft, you know, Alibaba or something, and be able to trade those companies for years and years and years and decades to come, right, and profit. But it's understanding sort of that nuance of how it works. And once you get how the story works and when to enter what I call entering the scene and exiting the scene of the story, the pieces start to come together. And that's what I'm going to show people on the training class. I'm going to walk them through one of my favorite stories. We're going to go in depth. I'm going to show you some incredibly transparent and real examples of some of my successes and also some of my failures, right? So that you can learn sort of from both sides of that coin. Because oftentimes people think, oh, you need to win every trade. Well, the fact of the matter is you never will win, just like any business or at life, right? You're gonna have some failures, some hiccups and things like that. The good news is, as a trader, you don't have to win every trade. I focus on maximizing my winners and minimizing my losers. The problem is, is that 
the average person who doesn't have a trading plan, who doesn't have any rules or a system or a process or maybe even a basis of knowledge, they do the reverse. They cut their winners short because they're afraid to lose their, lose their profit and they always hope their losers are gonna turn around. So they just become bigger and bigger and bigger lo losing trades. And that's where in the problem is, where most people start to develop this habit or this belief that, oh, the stock market's risky because they're acting sort of in an irrational way. Well, on the training class, I'm gonna actually walk people through some of the exact rules, exact principles that I follow that have enabled me not only to have trade for as long as I've done it, but to do, continue to do it successfully and to also be able to take emotion out of it. You know, imagine being able to navigate, you know, a crazy market, like something that we have, you know, likes we haven't seen of in forever and to not only profit, but do it in a way where you're not freaking out every single day or paranoid or stressed or have anxiety. You're just having a good time actually enjoying yourself and still being able to move things forward. And that's what we're going to talk about on the training class. Awesome. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. So for those of you that are interested in learning more, go to www.projectlifemastery.com slash PB code. Again, I'll link that below. Uh, this is a training I'm going to be doing with Ryan. I'm looking forward to being there and learning a lot from Ryan. Uh, a lot of the options training is new for me. So I'm a student just like you guys are. Um, I know, you know, he's got a lot on the long-term investing as well. So even if you're interested in that, show up for this training because you're going to learn a lot about investing in general. And I know a lot of people ask me to, you know, how do I learn about investing? How do I, uh, you know, get started with this process? Well, this is what this is about. Ryan can help you get started in this as a complete beginner, complete newbie, because I get it. It's intimidating. It's overwhelming. Um, often, you know, what you see on the internet and, you know, Yahoo Finance, all the articles or on TV can be a little bit intimidating. People check out because they don't understand a lot of the, the insider language. And that's one thing I appreciate about Ryan is he breaks everything down in a very simple way that everybody can understand. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Ryan, for your time today and for what you've shared. Uh, looking forward to going more in depth in the training. And uh, thank you guys for being here and watching this. If you enjoyed it, give it a thumbs up, subscribe for more, and register for the upcoming training. Thank you guys. Thank you, Ryan. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.